0: Let's get this bitch started.
1: I said we got this. So stupid, yet the rhyme so brilliant. Never could you bring the kid down. I'm too resilient. And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing. Y'all
0: niggas copy my style like a chameleon. I'm a Brazilian that's one in a million. Two hyper ceilings is how I am feeling. What the blood clot? How did all these thug rocks have me looking dumb hot with my eyes on bloodshot? That's a mug shot in the making.
1: no Yo yo yo, welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast. H cubed up in this bitch.
2: Yes sir, yes sir, we back with another episode this week And we got a special guest joining us this week on the episode You may have heard him on the drum, his single Broccoli You may have heard of him on the Travis Scott featuring Drake song Simple Mode You may have heard him on Miguel and a plethora, a bunch of different other artists But most recently on uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later, Drake and Lil Durk We got my man to head. Shahaid, rog- Roger Shahaid. Yeah, Roger you got Shahid. it. My bad if I No, you're me. good. That
0: was pretty right. close.
2: <laughs> but we appreciate you on the show, man. Definitely appreciate you, you know, coming on here and talking to us for a little bit, man. Uh, thank you for having me. No problem.
1: As a as a as a person like you who has a complicated real first name, I I definitely respect the fact that <laughs> you always have to tell somebody how to pronounce your name. So,
0: <laughs> no, it's it's a great way to make conversation. You know what what can I say?
2: That is very <laughs> wow, true. Sure for sure man (laughs) all right man so let's let's just start you know um when you was younger uh your background you know i read that you were um first started playing when you were seven classical piano was that something that was natural to you did you gravitate towards it or was it something that like your parents may have pushed you into because i know like when you're that age you know a lot of times people shit that's not really what we want to do and also were you already into hip-hop at that young age? Because I know me, like my older brother, you know, I would listen to a lot of music. He would listen to, even though I didn't really know what was going on, I just kind of gravitated towards it. So was that something that was already in the mix for you at that age? Or were you just kind of like a blank slate? Um,
0: you know, it's, that's that's a good... I think you you kind of almost answered the question, with, with especially with the last part, which I, I didn't choose. <laughs> I didn't choose this life. My, my dad actually... <laughs> My dad, actually, when I was seven years old, he bought a piano, an upright piano. And, you know, I didn't know what was I mean, when you're seven, you, you don't you really have much. You don't have a choice at all. You just kind of wake up and your parents kind of plan your day in life. So <laughs> I woke up and they, there was a piano being like, you know, hauled into the house. And I was like, oh, what's going on, dad? He said, oh, I just bought a piano and I signed you up for lessons down the street with, with this nice piano teacher. So you're going to be going once a week. I said, I mean, I'm seven years old. I can't say sh- yeah, shit. So right. you know what I mean. I, I said sure, why not? Uh, so I started playing when I was seven. I didn't. I wouldn't say I loved it or hated it. I kind of just showed up to make my parents happy. You know, that was like if you do good in piano, you know, well, yeah. you know, the yeah, family's yeah. proud of you. That sort of thing. Right. But I, I'd say I'd say as I got older, it was kind of funny because I think my first exposure to hip hop and, and rap was when I was about maybe eleven or twelve. I started, uh, I, you know, my parents didn't really let me listen to anything that said parental advisory. So, yeah. anytime I'd go to a friend's house, you know, whose parents were never home or just whatever, didn't really care. And they put on, uh, you know, I I, I listened to uh, 2001, the Dr. Dre album, and the Marshall Mathers LP, being both some classics. of my first, both classics, being some of my first exposures to the music, and I, I definitely was like intrigued by it but i would say as i got older you know throughout high school that's when i started taking like classical music and jazz pretty serious and i ended up going to a conservatory san francisco conservatory of music in 2006 so when i got back to the when i was in school studying i kind of i sort of revisited hip-hop but in a different way i you know i was starting to listen to a lot of the older things that i listened to again like you know the dre and the m but also a lot of knots a lot of biggie a lot of tupac just sort of the you know big pun just just like rap you know like the real
2: It's yeah, a rap that's a- yeah yeah
0: and and then i sort of started thinking to myself like what goes on behind this like who's making the like who played the keys on still dre like who who's doing this and then i sort of discovered scott storage and when i was like 18 19 years old i was like i really want to like take this dude's job and like <laughs> like not not literally take his job but you know he's yeah. he's one of my idols like i want to be the guy that does what he does and and because he comes from a music, musician's background so you know i start i started showing up to studios i started trying to make beats like right after college cuz i was studying to be a concert pianist and you know i that did not pan out (laughs) (laughs) I I was I was like I don't know about about this I don't know about this as a career because you know I I I definitely gained a lot of knowledge and technique that I use I'd say still today in my production especially when it comes to you know different layers of sounds playing an instrument on the keys that's you know like playing a guitar strings or flute or whatever like I actually know the range and how it works in orchestrally so mm. having that sort of makes you able to emulate that sound or emulate that feeling and people listen to a record and they're like is that a guitar is that a flute or a string But that's actually just me you know wow. just in the studio playing on keys so that was kind of like the sort of the beginning uh part of the story
2: so what what was what was i guess you, you kind of halfway answered it but what was your plans after you finished school like Did you just were you just like, fuck it, I'm gonna just go into music, like, you know, hip hop production heavy or, you know, what was your plans there?
0: I think it was just like, fuck it, period. Like I was, you know, I I got my bachelor's degree. So, you know, I I wanted to make my dad proud, you know, and my mom and my my piano professor that I was studying with there, who was an incredible teacher. And um, he showed me everything like, you know, how to play without tension, how to be able to play for hours without hurting yourself, you know, because that's a big thing especially when you're sitting in a chair all day and you're just coming up with ideas, you know, there's a physical aspect to it that you have to, you know, be in shape for that. Like, like technically, but I sort of just thought, you know, I want to go back to LA. I want to just do music, whether it's playing in bands or playing with singers, or I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to do something bigger and better than just be a classical pianist. So I moved back to LA. I started teaching piano. I started playing gigs at bars, coffee shops, restaurants, I was a hired gun for a lot of just up and coming artists and just anything that was like, we'll pay you to play keys or what well, I took it. And throughout that journey in 2013, that's when um, I was introduced to uh, stat quo, who introduced me to mailman, who was Dr. Dre's right hand dude. Like he, he was like one of the main forces behind 2001 and Marshall matters and that sound. So mailman sort of, you know, took me on as uh, almost as a student. He was sort of like my mentor and he just showed me the ropes when it came to how to act in the studio, how to make beats, how not to play whack shit, uh, how to address people, how to, how to be tough and how to have tough skin. And it was really an incredible experience. And then through him, I got introduced to Dr. Dre. And then I ended up working with Dr. Dre at Aftermath uh, in 2014 for about a year. So that was my real first step into like, whoa, like, this is, this it. is right. So I, so I thought that was like, I thought when that happened, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm good forever, but you
1: got to watch out sometimes when it comes to those big dudes. Cause you know, like, you know, the Drays, the puffies, they, they even, even sometimes Jay, you're known to, known to latch on. And then every now and then people just kind of nah, nah, to the side, you never really. It's kind of like detox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. With, um, well, You know, Dre was actually an incredible mentor and boss. And I think he just naturally, you know, gravitates towards new people, new energy. So I think, you know, and obviously he became a billionaire and and a very successful businessman.
1: He's obviously doing something, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it was really inspiring just to be in his presence and to soak that knowledge and work around a lot of the other people that I worked on but he was always good you know good to me and, and treated me good and, and with respect and, and I learned a lot from that uh, moment and I did get to listen to a lot of unreleased music that I can't I can't say but but I spent a lot of time I spent a lot of time listening there and there was something else yeah
1: yeah I would imagine there's a lot to learn just by listening to, to dr. Dre and just being around and absorbing
0: that's how you learn everything just just listen.
1: Well, you mentioned earlier that you know your first uh, four way forays into hip-hop were uh dr dre and eminem so obviously you mm-hmm. have a big west coast influence in your life who else would you say are influences for your musical stylings these days whether they're an actual artist whether they're another producer whether they're just i don't know just i don't know anything what would you who would you say are your your kind of your bigger influences
0: that's that's good i I'm influenced by so many different people, but I would say sort of in the order, you know, I definitely say Scott Storch. I definitely say Pharrell, Chad Hugo, Timbaland, even on the jazz side, some of my bigger influences like Herbie Hancock, Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk. I really, and of course, you know, like I said, Dr. Dre and, and just a lot of, a lot of hip hop, a lot of jazz. I'd say those those guys were some of my main inspirations, and as you know, as you get older, you sort of, you know, I'm fortunate to say that I've worked with a lot of my inspirations, like, uh, like Hip Boy, who I was a huge fan of since, you know, he was putting out productions in like, what, like 2011, 2012, and, you know, I started hearing about Hip Boy, and I would watch, you know, YouTube videos like of him making a beat, and be like, I want to work with this guy one day, you know, right? So, and then, then, you know, fast forward. Three, four, five years later, I'm like, well, I'm I'm in the studio with this guy, like, and where you know he's he's, he's become like a, like a friend and, and a very close collaborator. So, yeah, grateful to to have been around so many of my inspirations.
1: That's what's up? Well, speaking of studios, I know you know everybody's life is busy. It's been um, I wasn't really counting Corona into this question when I was thinking about it, but I mean it takes precedence. Working with people in studios versus you know, probably like, you know, working on a track and then sending it to them electronically. Like, I know some people are more of uh, introverts and they can kind of like work by themselves. Like, are you the type of person that does that? Like, do you go ahead and you just kind of bang out the keys by yourself and then you're cool to just send it off to somebody for them to work on? Or do you prefer the more collaborative effort of going into the studio with everybody and then working together kind of old school style?
0: When it comes to working, especially nowadays, or in general, I really have no... I think it sort of depends on the day and the mood and and who I'm working with. So obviously I create a lot of my, I create a lot of samples and loops and melodies, you know, right here at home and we'll send out, you know, packs to specific people. Like I don't really make a pack and send it to like 20 people. You know, I really, it's almost like custom made stuff, custom tailored stuff for, you know, one producer or for a certain uh, producer. Like I wouldn't send the same melodies to two or three different people. I usually just like to sort of get into that, the zone that 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 person's in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I love working with artists. There's some kind of magic about being in the room with an artist that you just can't get from anything else in the not even on zoom really. And I, I haven't really done anything beyond just some producer cookups on zoom since Corona began. But obviously I started working with people in person recently, having to get tested and all that. But it's all good. It's part of the, you know, you take, take a little test, wear a little mask and it, it's different. But I would say that a lot of my songs that I've been a part of have, I've either made the beat in the room with people. So sometimes making beats with other producers is one of my favorite ways to make songs because you're not really thinking, Oh, we're going to make this for Drake or Oh, we're going to make this for tra-. you. You were just making shit, you know? Yeah. And then, like, three weeks later, I get a call and be like, yo, that beat we made, I just sent that to Drake and he wants it. Or, yo, uh, Travis has a hold of that. And th- those are the stories with, like, Sicko Mode and Laugh Now, Cry Later. Songs like those, I made the beats with the producers and they sent them out. But then a song like Broccoli, I made In the Room with Drum and Lil Yachty. So it's just cool to experience all these different ways of <laughs> creating songs and how they get out.
2: So. So um, you don't have to mention any names, but do you have any like memorable studio sessions where like maybe like an artist's like, you know, their creative workflow was a little unique or like something in general just stood out to you that you were like, whoa, like this is how, you know, he makes his magic happen?
0: Oh, you know, I've had, it's always different. That's the thing. When you walk into a session, you you know, you kind of like to feel out the artist and say, what, 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 you know, what have you been feeling lately? What have you been listening to? And I've definitely I've definitely seen different ways of people being inspired you know I've worked with artists that have brought like crystals and like you know sage and like painting and they like to paint while they yes. while they work and I'm like, yo like this is <laughs> this is this is cool like I, I, I like that and then you know obviously there's people that like to smoke there's people that like to do other things which I won't mention mm-hmm. but you know, the, the, the harder stuff and you know I've been around all sorts of uh, environments but I did get a, a, a really unique request one time uh, and I, I asked this artist that I was working with and I said hey like what kind of music are you trying to make like what kind of you know because we were going through some ideas we were really catching anything and she was like I want to make strip club horror music like horror movie strip club music and I was like well uh can you play can you play me some references and she was like it hasn't been made yet wow and i was like that was kind of inspiring and crazy but it it was just you know i've just heard and seen all sorts of things so being a producer being a writer is a very interesting job to say the least but inspiring nonetheless okay yeah
2: no doubt no doubt all right so (laughs) let's 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 take it back to to 2016 real quick you know Rocky smash hit top five on uh, Billboard Top 100 Grammy nominated you're at where you want to be at as far as you know what you do right yeah how do you handle you know your success with that but also keep the ball rolling because I feel like a lot of times even on a lower scale you know it happens to us all where we see a little bit of success or something and we get so infatuated with that success that we just had that we kind of we kind of just stopped working on on other things and that's kind of where it ends so i'm just curious because you know obviously you were able to keep the ball rolling you worked with all these other great artists after that so how were you able to like balance that out was it difficult you know what i mean like what what was was that like i
0: like that question a lot actually um you know i think it's just in my nature because it took so much work to even get to that spot of broccoli, you know, and and I'm talking not being credited on songs, doing work for free, you know, getting kind of screwed over on records and, and deals and whatnot. I think that song definitely changed my life. And Drum was a great person. So he is a great person to work with. We're we're still we're still close today, and and work together. But, you know, I just knew that once it hit that point, I said, well, you know, getting here actually wasn't even I mean, it was hard, but like it's like staying is the hard part. So I think just surrounding myself with people who were just working really hard and and kind of, you know, acknowledging the success, but being able to forget about it and know that, you know, nowadays you got to work a lot harder. Back in the day when, when people were selling CDs and you know you could have a hit song and really be good for for, for a while <laughs> but now you know with streaming and things like that you know it, it's it's you got to work hard you, you want to make money doing this you want to be successful you want to s- sustain a nice lifestyle you got to work hard and you know i don't i don't do it for the money i do it because i love music and i love doing this so i don't and and i'm fortunate to be in a position where i can choose who i want to work with and You know, I don't just want to be a dude with a few hit songs. I want to build an empire. So I started my own publishing company through Cobalt. Um, I am currently building a new home studio uh, right now in my house. Things like that, like always stepping up. Mm. What's next? You know, being like, all right, this is it. So you get a hit song. Now I want to executive produce albums. Now I want to. So I I think the hardworking nature in me naturally just wants to find the next thing always and I just have fun doing this. I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's my life. So I sort of can attribute that to my parents, to my my mom and dad, you know, my, they, they just sort of raised me to be really hardworking and, and, and they always pushed me and, you know, taught me to never settle for, for less or anything. So it doesn't matter how many songs you have out. What matters is how many can you keep making and can you still keep doing this? And that's, that's what I want to be I known understand. for. Yeah. All
2: right. So, uh, quick one question that I had that um I was actually curious. I was um you know looking through your your catalog and I see that you're listed as producer for for some songs and songwriter for other songs and both for a lot of your songs actually. So I'm just curious as to how that how that works, as because I've I've always been under the uh, the impression that producer is the person who makes the beats and songwriter obviously in my head I'm thinking is the person who writes the songs. So does that also include who structures the songs? Is that how you're credited for songwriting some songs or how does that work?
0: You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of those credits, the way that they're listed, don't really, you know, sometimes I'm listed as only a songwriter or sometimes only a producer. But I think in everything that I do, especially because I'm writing the chords, I'm also outlining a lot of the melodies with what I play Mm -hmm. um, that... I am writing a song and I'm producing it as well because I'm providing the sounds that are, you know, end up in the mm. core of the song. So I feel like there's a lot of producers that sort of somebody like, like, uh, like Rick Rubin, who's who can just walk in and tell you something that can change the entire, you know, scope of things as a, you know, as opposed to being in there actually on the NPC. And it's sort of like Dr. Dre as well, who's able to just mastermind everything and be like, this is what it needs without even touching a note, without even touching a, a, a pad or, a, or whatever. So for me, I feel like I like to take elements of everybody's production style. I like to be behind the beat. I like to be behind the chords and, and the keys, which is mainly what I do. And I oversee the structure of a song and make sure it's it sees the end of it. And, and, you know, I have a lot of great friends and collaborators that I work with who are just a phone call away. So I feel like, yes, there are there's a big distinction between songwriters who are like or i guess you could say top lining or or sort of creating the melody and the actual lyrics of the song but i think it's changed a lot to where everyone's contribution is is um is vital
2: is that why you see like um like 10 songwriters on a song now that's probably why i
0: think yeah you know there's just i mean that you could see a lot of songwriters you know on a on credits for for many different reasons like for instance, on Sicko mode, you know, there's thirty something writers credited on the song, but Damn. that's because there's samples being used in the song, and within the sample are another like maybe four or five songwriters oh, okay. from back in the day for whoever made that sample or song. So it's sort of like a like a family tree of, of, of that. But but yeah, it's kind
1: of dope when you know. put it that way, honestly, because I never really thought about it that yeah. way.
0: No, yeah, you know, um, I think they sampled something. I think they sampled Biggie. Uh, give me the loot you know in like the second part of sycamore the second beat and you know obviously biggie's a writer on that whoever produced that track but then whoever produced the track also used the sample for give me the loot so then they gotta credit those guys so it's sort of sometimes it can be kind of complicated but um i think again important to have a good manager a good lawyer make sure everyone's looking over everything but um yeah but i think when going back to your question like it's you know somebody could come in and like add a bassline to a song and and hey it's it's a contribution it's it's yeah. it's something or someone might add a high high or change a word like you never know it just so much goes into it that it's uh the spectrum has become sort of more broad
1: now you have worked with a bunch of different artists a bunch of different genres halsey travis scott uh um... Miguel, like, across all genres. I'm Halsey is a pop star, right? I'm just not that familiar with the style of music. I know the group's name. Okay. Right, Uh, right, right. So, which genre do you feel, like, is the easiest to work with, the easiest to produce for? Is there one, or is it all just kind of, like, equally different, but in just different ways?
0: I'd say they all, all genres have their difficulties and their, you know, smoother points. But for me, I really grew up listening to and loving more more hip-hop and rap so i think for me it's it's only easier to do those things because it's fun and also it's sort of a more open canvas stylistically with it with a with the rap song or the hip-hop song you can sample anything from a classical guitar to an old r&b record to you know beethoven whatever and you know if the beat is right and everything then it's it's its own thing but I think pop music has more of a formula and requires a little more attention to detail as far as like song structure, bridge, making sure the pre-course is right. And, you know, I'd say I'd say that I have a lot of fun just working on um, working with more on more on rap music. But of course, I have I think, again, it just depends on the person. You know, if I'm working with somebody I don't know, it might be more difficult. But I have a lot of friends who are, who are pop artists and pop stars that I work with all the time. Like, uh, my, my friend, Max, who, um, just released his album that I helped produce most of along with my good friend, Ahmad Royal. We, um, you know, he's an incredible artist and just has the vision there. So I think it's easier to work with anybody who has a vision, whether it's pop country, rap, jazz, R and B. So I think it really depends more on the artist.
1: Now as a producer slash writer and everything, what would you say is the hardest thing that you normally have to do that you like no one would typically think of
0: i think that connecting with the artist making them feel comfortable because i've seen you know i've told a lot of people oh i'm working with so-and-so and and they're like oh really like we had a tough time with with him or her or whatever and you know it's 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 an artist they are who they are so i think it's very important to establish a a positive working environment where you're open to ideas and just not forcing anything. Cause a lot of people, you know, sort of want to just push through an idea that maybe isn't worth it or or whatnot, but I think just get to know who you're working with. You know, that's, that'd be my main uh, advice to anybody, you know, get to know them and and sort of establish like, like a friendship where you can trust each other and be more open to different ideas.
2: Okay. So has that happened to you where like, you know, you started working with somebody and then like the vibe just wasn't right. And like, you know, it just, it just wasn't working out. And then you, you, you just had to either send an email or the text. I like, look, man, unfortunately <laughs> has, has that ever happened to you?
0: It's happened. It's definitely happened. And, and sometimes it's just out of my control. Cause the biggest bummer is when you go in there and you're like, you know, you're in the zone, you're like, Oh, I got ideas. I, I'm on fire today. And then they're just not, the artist just isn't connecting with the sounds or the chord progressions or the melodies or whatever. Sometimes they don't connect with the songwriter. I've seen that happen a bunch where oh, wow. I'm, I was making heat and just like, this beat is crazy. But then the, you know, the, the songwriter or the artist are together. They just couldn't like, they couldn't put it together. And, and I'm just over here like, I'm just making crazy beats. So I'm going to send these out anyway. But, but I think, yeah, it definitely, it's it's definitely happened, and I think the best thing to do is I've realized in those scenarios is call it a day and try again tomorrow, you know, <laughs> or the next day.
1: <laughs> that's, that's day, fair. you know.
0: That's a fact. Sounds Smoke a joint, <laughs> go buy buy yourself some food or whatever, uh, treat yourself, watch a movie, and chill out, get inspired, and come back to it.
1: There you go. Now, mm-hmm. big questions I wanted to know. I think everybody yes. would want to know for somebody in your that who has been in your position. Now, you have been nominated for Grammy Awards multiple times. How did it feel when you first found out that you were nominated for your first Grammy Award? Because I'm assuming that the sensation probably goes down at least a little bit after you win a second one or a third one or a fourth one, or you're nominated at least. Now, but also, did you actually go to the Grammys? And how was that?
0: Well, the feeling of getting nominated or being part of a nomination is... You know, it feels like you're... The first time I heard about it, I was like... I felt like I was dreaming because it was for Broccoli. And, um, I was just kind of in disbelief, like, whoa, like, you know, the year before... When I made Broccoli, I was, like, still living with my parents. I was super broke and, like, didn't even know what was going on. And then, like, fast forward a year later and I'm like, I got a ticket to, to the Grammys. But my first... My first time on the red carpet was... 2019 was when sicko mode got nominated because I actually was nominated as a songwriter along with everybody else so I Did get to go I did have the red carpet access and that felt pretty it felt it felt kind of crazy because I was like I felt overwhelmed, you know just taking pictures and like talking to people and you know that's just every day in the life of an artist they wake up and they're doing press and interviews and cameras you know, 12 hours a day almost, it seems like. So it, it was cool to get a taste of it, but it was also, uh, it also made me appreciate the fact that I can be behind the scenes to do this and really just focus a lot on what's important, which is like sitting here on this chair, in front of this keyboard, and making music. And, um, you know, obviously it's nice to receive the accolades and the, the uh, recognition for, for doing this amongst my peers and all the inc- incredible artists and collaborators and, and superstars that you see but that shit was pretty fun i'm not gonna lie it was it was it was, it was fun you know you, you talk go, to you talk. Hang, yeah go to a party after see everybody you're wearing you know i had to get a nice suit i it felt good you know it's, it's like yeah, sure. it's like a moment that i think you know whoever's listening if if you get to go and you get nominated like definitely do it big and, and get yourself a stylist and, and get buy some nice clothes and, and, and treat yourself because it's it's definitely you know, it's the highest honor in music and, and I wanna go back every year if I can.
1: Hey. I would love to just be able to go, just to get a ticket and just be like, Hey, I was in the building. I don't even need to be on the red carpet, man. Fuck all that but <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know what you know you know what's crazy though? I don't even know what's gonna happen uh next year. I mean I know there's gonna be a Grammys but I'm just like is it going to be over zoom? Is it going to be like, are we all going to wear like body suits and like capes and masks and whatever? I don't even, I don't know why I said capes, but you know what I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm really curious to see how it will pan out this year, but you know, I hope to, I hope to one day be nominated for producer of the year and it would be great to win. and and, do it for all, all of, all the musicians out there who want to, you know, become producers, you know, anything's possible. So
1: well, if you keep going on this track that you're currently on, sir, I'm sure that will not be a problem for to attain. Know, for sure. Okay. So just, uh, some, some, just some fun, goofy shit to like, you know, balance out. <laughs> The, the, the hammering of questions and stuff, you know, uh, yeah. technically you are our second interview ever. So thank you very wow. much for coming through and yeah. hanging out with us. Like yeah. it's really an honor to interview you and it's been really nerve wracking, at least on my part. So. <laughs> no, no, you guys are great. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, it was, it's great to hang with, with good people, man. You guys, sure. you guys know your shit. For sure. Um, now, do you have... I know we were talking about music earlier and, like, albums and stuff, but do you have a, a project from this year that you specifically did not work on that you liked, that you really fucked with this year?
0: Hmm. <sighs> yeah, I would say... Well, the little Uzi album... Eternal attack, eternal attack, or attacky, however you say it. I actually, he did sample uh, Way Back, which is a Travis Scott song that I worked on that I, that I am a songwriter on and and did some additional production. But get
1: that money. um,
0: Yeah. But, but, you know, I wasn't actually like, I didn't actually work with him or on it. And, and I sort of wish, like, oh, I wish I could have gotten a beat on here because I just love Uzi. He's, Mm. You know, I haven't, I haven't met him or, or, I, I've met him in the studio before, but we've never worked together. So I definitely think he's just a one of a kind artist. And I thought his album was pretty, was pretty crazy and, and, and fun and different. And I would have loved to have a, a few more beats on there, but maybe the next one.
1: Hey, to tell you the truth, like yeah, I, I feel kind of the same way because I hadn't. I think I listened to Uzi's first album, but I really wasn't that big of a fan of it. But the second, the, right. the Eternal Take, that was actually yeah. really dope, and it surprised the fuck out of me. Like seriously, yeah,
2: it
0: it, it 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 hit pretty nice, and I was like, this is like, it's a different energy. I I really, I really thought it was cool.
2: Yeah. Um. So for me, for my my album that for 2020, I'm gonna go with Alfredo, Freddie Gibbs, and Alchemist. Uh ridiculous, ridiculous production over the whole thing. Alchemist is a fucking monster. Uh Freddie Gibbs, I think he's on a roll that's just ridiculous with the currency projects, um, the Madden Yo, projects. It's just he's that,
0: I was gonna say, honestly, that you know, I don't know if you were gonna ask in- ask me this question later or not, but that probably was one of my favorite albums that came out this year because it you know, Freddie Gibbs is, is just he's He's one of the best, I think, and and he's just got such a such a sound and a tone in his voice that's like
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's like forever recognizable and and um, Alchemist, of course, his beats just it's it's still it's still kind of old school, but it slaps. But it's like mm-hmm. it's classic and new at the same time. So I think that's I think that's a real special album, and that, that was one of my favorites. That so good good choice, man. Yeah, I right. I fuck with that album.
1: You actually stole my choice sir so um, go <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uh, i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go ahead and go off of actually an album that we just recently reviewed um and i've been like listening to it ever since is a living off experience by the locks oh. that oh, one just came out it. huh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: you said new one that just came out yeah the
1: new jump like yeah, that yeah. joint was mean as shit and i mean like we've been saying it for weeks and weeks at a time at this point people tend to sleep on chic luch when it comes to the locks but Sheik decided to take this album to like just be like, all right, this is me. Here I am. I'm a fucking beast. All y'all can shut the hell up. <laughs>
0: yeah. nah, I have to check. I have to check that out.
2: Oh, yeah, nah, definitely that check, album. check that out. If you if you if you're you know a Lox fan, Styles P, Jaded Kiss, yes, is, oh yeah, definitely. Um, this sounds like you know early to mid two thousands. So definitely check it out if you haven't. It's a great album. Okay. Oh, I'm
0: listening right after we get off this this call. that's
2: a bet. That's a bet. <laughs> that's a bet.
1: Uh, again thank you for coming on today and speaking with yes. us it was great to come hang on. out with you get to know you uh hopefully we can do Likewise. this again um yeah hopefully you don't get too big you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, come on man call,
0: call me anytime man all right
1: bet. appreciate that yeah,
0: yeah, but yeah. Uh,
1: we like to end the show with uh album suggestions where we just give the, the the listeners out there something that they could possibly listen to the one beauty part uh that we've discovered about our podcast is that me and, my, me and my man Chris are Almost 10 years apart So oh, we, wow. yeah we have a lot of A lot of space I guess you want to call it When it comes to what we listen to And I'm always putting him on to something old And he's always putting me on to something new So, <laughs> <laughs> so wow. we, we get a lot of We cover a lot of ground that way But um, with album suggestions we just like to tell us And i uh, like to suggest this to people at Old, new, whatever Something that you that you fucking with um, Did you have any suggestions for the, for the folks out there today?
0: Now that I think of it, one of my favorite albums this year was um, A Written Testimony, the J. Electronica album. I, I, as somebody who's just really into, you know, sampled music and, and, and I mean, J. Jay Electronica, Jay-Z, like, and, you know, shout out my boy Hip-Boy and uh, g Riper. Producing on the blinding which is one of also one of my favorite songs off that uh, Mm -hmm. off that album but it's just crazy how much unique samples that they use in there and and I mean, it's 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 just very very different and I think it was a very needed album uh, For this year, so I'd say as far as the newer stuff like that that written testimony is definitely worth listening to all the way through Um, as far as inspiration Uh, way older compilation album called the edge by david axelrod who um created the music that was sampled to make like the next episode and a lot of a lot of classic records that you hear Mm -hmm. that album is very special so if you're into into it uh if you're into instrumental stuff and looking for some just musical inspiration i think the edge by david axelrod is like a must listen to all
1: right all right uh you want to go ahead next sir my man, Chris. yeah, I'm gonna
2: go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna go with an album that was, uh, I believe, produced either entirely or mostly by your man, Hit Boy, uh, which is a new Benny the Butcher album, Burning the Pro.
0: Oh, now, I've only I've
2: only, <laughs> only gone through the album maybe once or twice, and not the not the whole thing. But the timeless record with Big Sean and Lil Wayne is fucking retarded. The uh, the yeah. first, the whole album is crazy. So y'all already yeah. know what y'all gonna get when y'all get results. And- <laughs> Whether it's Benny the Butcher, whether it's West Side Gun, or whether it's Conway the Machine, it don't matter. They all bring in heat, so definitely, you know, this. I think the production is great on this. I think, I think it, it, it brings Benny the Butcher into like that. Ma- I don't want to say mainstreamy sound, but like it kind of makes it like how you were saying that, like it's old school, but it sounds new. I feel yeah. like he does that really well, and he's he's. I feel like he's great for uh, Benny the Butcher, and I, and I hope that they are going to work again because this, this is crazy. Yeah.
0: That Timeless song is one of my favorite songs that have come out recently. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, Hit Boys just tapped in, always thinking ahead and, and switching it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, just keeping up with his discography has been like crazy because he's just yeah. he's on a roll, man. So, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super sure. happy for him. And he's got I mean, there's more where that came from. I already know he's he's already set up for the next years to come. He works really hard and it's oh. it's very inspiring. Yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he's definitely,
2: definitely one of the top, the top producers of the year. No question.
0: I'd say in the
1: world.
2: Probably. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Yeah.
1: All right, y'all. My album is going to be Trilla by Rick Ross. Now I will, I will say that when, uh, when, when Rose first came out, I was not the biggest fan, but I'm also (laughs) very much an old ass nigga and a hip hop purist and and a New York hip hop fan. So when that whole rise of the South came up, around his time him and Jeezy and everybody i did my best to absolutely hate on every single goddamn one of them the best that i could (laughs) oh man but i have since come around and this was actually the first album that i really messed with his i think it was his i want to say it was his second album maybe it was the third can't remember off the top of the head right now but um Honestly, the joint that killed me when I first heard this joint, and I hate to say it, because of who is featured on the song, But Speeding, which features R. Kelly. That was my goddamn song. <laughs> and it's like, I can't. Like, uh, uh, like mm, what am I going to do? The funny do? thing is
2: the music video where uh, where he's driving and he gets pulled over for speeding. Yeah. And, and this motherfucker feels like he needs to <laughs> jump off the bridge for speeding. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: No, I got to I gotta see that. I didn't even, I have not even see the video. That is, no, that, I mean, I, I, I feel you. It's, it's, (laughs) but, but no, I mean, Rick Ross is like, he's, he's been around and he's gonna stay around, you know? Oh, yeah. He's he's incredible. And there was, I think one of my favorite songs by him, which also featured Dre, uh, it's called, I forget the name. It's like Kings, Three Kings. I forget the name of it. I sound, I sound crazy right now.
1: (laughs) That Uh, sounds familiar. Hold on. Uh,
0: yeah, help me out here. Uh, it, it was it was a I think Jake one did the beat.
1: Three Kings um, sounds right, but like I'm definitely not 100 percent sure.
2: Uh, Three Kings, Dr. Dre, Jay Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that sounds oh. about right. Yeah, Dr. Dre and Jay Z. Yup. On um, God Forgives, I don't. Yep.
1: There you go.
0: That was the name of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I got it right. Okay. Shit. Yep. So I, I was like, I didn't <laughs> want to confidently say it would be wrong, but I knew it had something to do with that. But that song like when I heard that I was, I was like okay this like I took I took a little more seriously when it came to to Rosé so yeah, <laughs> almost sounds sure. like I'm saying my own name but
1: <laughs> uh, yeah alright and uh, one quick question just because sure. it is a hip hop show yes top five rappers yours
0: <laughs> top five rappers yes no particular not, order okay Nas okay Jay-Z Eminem I gotta say Kendrick.
2: Okay. Definitely respect that. Mhm.
0: And I know I'm thinking. I know I'm thinking here, so I said not M. J. Kendrick. And I have to say Freddie. Freddie Gibbs, yeah, like, okay. like he's just like he's so good. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, he's he's incredible. And and you know, I'd also I I know I know you only said five, but I also gotta say. Especially after working with him, like like Big Sean is is one of the best rappers just out there in the world, like that has ever been and ever will be. He is he is incredible. So I just have to. I, I got especially after Detroit too, and, and seeing him, you know, in, being a part of that process and just getting to know him and seeing him do that, I was just like, what is this man on? Um, <laughs> like dude, he he's, he is legendary. So um, yeah. I'd say I'd say those are some of my favorites.
1: Okay. okay. I'm actually mm-hmm. jealous that you can sit here and listen, like you know, work with all these people and get to see their processes. <laughs> and God, this is this is something that I wanted to do so bad when I was younger. And just like you know, mom just was like, "Go to school, nigga." What the fuck you
0: doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, my parents were the same. My parents didn't really want me, you know, going to studios and working late and stuff like that. So I kind of had to fight my way into. <laughs> having the acceptance of being like yo I'm working you know I'm working on rap I'm working on parental advisory CDs or albums and you you can't say anything and no now they're proud of me though my dad bumps broccoli in the car and sings those things he'll sing he sings sicko mode sometimes when I walk in the house. He'll just kind of sing the first part of it. He, he's a he. I made my dad a fan, so you
1: know. I love it. That is fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. it's pretty cool.
1: All right. Well, before we head out, do you want to tell these people where they can find you online and give them all your socials and all of that good stuff?
0: Sure. Um, if you want to check out what I'm doing, just keep you know stay stay in the loop. Uh, my Instagram. Is my first and last name, Roger Shahied, R-O-G-E-T, and then C-H-A-H-A-Y-E-D, so just at Roger Shahied for my Twitter and Instagram, and you can also type my name into uh, Apple Music where I have a behind-the-boards playlist if you want to check out some of my productions and songs I've worked on um, in the past few years. So, you know, shout out to Apple Music, and uh, so, yeah. <laughs>
1: all right bet all right again thank you for coming on and talking with us today really really appreciate it i'm glad you had a good time hanging with us we definitely had a good time hanging with you um thank you as for us guys you guys know where you can find us y'all can find us on instagram and twitter at hq podcast and yes it is all spelled out (laughs) there. <laughs> um, you can find us Let's on <laughs> You can go to facebook.com and search out Hip Hop Heads Podcast you can find us there You can find us for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Google Play iTunes, iHeart Radio, SoundCloud, Speaker and Stitcher And you can I mean damn just google us too You can find us on that shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Alright Rojay thank you very much For joining us today On behalf of everyone sitting here in front of me world we love you You take care of yourselves wash your hands wash your ass maintain we out
0: peace wear a mask there you
1: go (laughs) later